You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Well, good Monday morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I am Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 7th, episode 3241. Good morning, horse people. You have found Horses in the Morning on a Monday. You're in for an amazing horsey week of laughter, learning, and fun with Glenn and Jamie. Well, we have a fun show planned for you today. Sarah Booth is going to join us from the Shea Center in San Juan Capistrano, which is still one of the coolest names for a town ever. And she's going to tell us the story of Chaco and his near-death experience and all the amazing things that he did after. It's a good story. It ends up good, yeah. Didn't start good, but ends up good. A lot of good things happened because of his near-death experience. And Devin Horn's going to return in a couple of minutes, give us an update on the Mongol Derby. They're on day six, uh, and they're more than halfway done now. Doesn't it seem like... We talked about this on Friday, and it seems like f- five days since we talked on Friday. I know it's not been, but I mean, like, can you they're imagine still riding. <laughs> six days, and you're oh, almost halfway. Oh, my God, kill me. <laughs> so she's going to join us with an update on who's doing what there. Uh, we have that coming up on today's show. And we have some equestrian first world problems, but I want to address something. Man, this has been a tough week for horses and horse people. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can just Google it. But there was a barn fire in Georgia, a bunch of horses found in Texas, Maple Leaf Mel, who is just a heart-wrenching story. And uh, we wanted to, you know, we'd love to talk about all these things, but then we're like, kind of really bringing down a Monday. So uh, if you want more information on those, you can go look for it. But for the most part, I just want to give a little peace and love to all those involved with all of those stories. And we're going to move on and talk about some happier stuff. Okay. Sound good, Glenn? It sounds good. I mean, yeah, after reading the news from the weekend, it was like, <sighs> oh man, <laughs> we're here to bring joy to the world. That's our job. So yeah, let's yeah. start with some daily winnies. I have one auditor birthday today, and that's Tanya from Denmark. We have so many listeners over in Europe, and we really appreciate you all. And Tanya, we hope you have a terrific day. Now, her day's almost over, but we hope you had a wonderful birthday. (laughs) (laughs) And enjoy it to the fullest. Man, any of you who have ever sold a vehicle privately, y'all get my Winnie, and I need a little... uh encouragement. Dude, I've been trying to sell my Beetle. So like I bought in myself a new car because I needed a more appropriate family vehicle. It turns out a Volkswagen Beetle is not going to take your kid and your dog and all your his sports equipment to his games and stuff comfortably. So I had to get a bigger car. So I got the car, but I, the, the trade-in value for my Beetle was embarrassing because it's it's kind of a collector's thing. They're not making beetles anymore. And there's like a cult following of people who want these things. So instead of trading it in and getting pennies on the dollar, I decided to sell it. 
Oh God! Now you're wishing you had traded it. <laughs> <laughs> I could have taken the loss. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I've probably had, I've had 15 people not show up for a point to come and see uh, it. Where are you advertising it? Auto Trader. So no, no, no. I put it on. <laughs> this is probably my mistake. Is I put it on Facebook Marketplace and like all the Beetle. There's like a billion Beetle Facebook pages for people. So I put it in all of those, and I get mess. I get probably six, eight messages about it a day, and the messages are like, oh, you know, what's wrong with it? Is it wrong? And I answer all the questions. I even made inside and outside videos. I videoed me starting it up. Like people are coming, so I make this one appointment, and they're like, we. We'll be there in the morning. We are so excited. I'm buying it from my daughter-in-law. She's so excited about it. And um, morning of, they're supposed to be here at like nine. And he calls me at eight. And he's like, well, we're not going we're not gonna be able to come. And I was like, why? We've been talking all week. I've answered everything. What else do you want? You want a child? You want blood? What do you want? Uh, we just noticed it's a stick shift. <laughs> yeah, it's in the ad. Aren't most beetles from that age stick shifts? No, no, it's okay. very rare to have a turbo diesel stick uh, shift. It, it this is a super kind of rare find. We were really excited about the turbo and the diesel, but my daughter can't drive stick. She can learn. <laughs> That's what I said. I'm like, dude, this is the greatest car ever because you cannot text and drive. You can't. You have to just drive. You can't That's eat. True. You can't drink. You can't text. You can do nothing. If you're buying this car for your daughter, like this is the best car to get your child. Yeah, she she doesn't want to do it. She, yeah, I'm like, yes, she wants to text. Because she wants to text and drive and eat at the same time. Well, I have um then the other messages which are. You know, like it's an, I'm not selling the car for that much. It's like $10,000 car, right? Uh, how many people have messaged me? Um, do you, will you take payments? Oh yeah. There you go. Um, you need to go to auto trader and pay the 40 bucks or whatever. Well, my response at, to the first person who wrote that was very nice. And my response to the 15th person who has written <laughs> that has changed dramatically. That's what banks are for. You can go and get a loan. You bring me the check and you make payments to a responsible institution. Yeah, I'm like, what do I look like? So my my responses have downgraded as far as kindness. And you wonder why nobody's coming out. And it's weird. Nobody comes. They don't even write back after I say things like that. It's weird. But supposedly somebody's super excited and they're coming up from like South Texas. It's Friday. And they're really excited. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yep. Yeah, yeah there's about no, plan mm-hmm. on that. <laughs> like Chad says, it only takes one. It only takes one. <laughs> Again, Auto Trader, you might get better quality people. Maybe, maybe I should do that instead of Facebook Marketplace, <laughs> my free advertising for my car. <laughs> Good lord! And then, oh, this is gonna suck. This all sucks. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of Texas, you know, I, I was gonna save this for weird news on Wednesday, but I couldn't. I just couldn't. Because it's too good a story. What is the one thing I hate, and I don't even allow the auditors to post pictures of on... It's one of the few things I will not allow pictures of on the auditor room. Snakes. Yes. So, I don't like snakes. Matter of fact... I mean, people can post wieners of horses, yeah, it doesn't and matter. you're fine with it. But, <laughs> like, no a snakes. snake, you're banned. I, I hide all snake pictures that are posted on my on my feed. I just don't like seeing that and ticks. I have a good reason for ticks. But um, so this is a story that is a nightmare. <laughs> out of Silsby, Texas, a snake fell out of the sky and landed on a woman mowing her yard. 
shut up out of the sky what came out of an airplane what she was on her tractor mowing her home in silsby uh near beaumont texas on tuesday afternoon she describes how suddenly a snake fell on her wrapping around her arm the snake was squeezing so hard i was waving my arms in the air trying to get the snake off and then this hawk was swooping down and clawing at my arm over and over so the hawk had the snake hawk drops the snake lands on this woman's arm snake wraps around this woman's arm and the hawk wants its snake back so oh the, my god the hawk kept coming down and ripping at the snake which was also ripping the flesh off her arm she had cuts all the way up and down her arm. She, As far as she can tell, she was not bit by the snake, although they're watching that. I don't know if it's poisonous or not. But uh, but the hawk got her good. I mean, ripped her arm to shreds. The hawk came down four times trying to get the snake, and she said there was blood everywhere. Her husband heard me screaming and came running. As far as they could tell, there was no snake bite. Um, but she had to go to the hospital to get all her arm taken care of because of the cuts from the hawk. After the fourth attempt, the hawk got the snake and flew away. Is this the most bizarre story I've ever heard or what? That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Like, not only did a snake fall out of the sky on you, you know, like somebody will jokingly drape a plastic one. He's like, oh, this is alive. And then it's. Then the hawk was going to take it back. That's a hawk who really wanted his lunch. I mean, he wasn't taking no for an answer. It's like, holy crap. And then she discovered that the lens on her glasses were broken and there was snake venom on her glasses. Oh, my God. Gross. And this wasn't even her first encounter. Get this. She survived being bitten by a venomous snake a few years ago. This woman has bad luck when it comes to snakes. I think I'd be maybe having nightmares a, forever. I just a parcel tongue. I would need P, P, what, PTSD. What, how do you say that? PST, PT, P, PTSD. PTSD. I would be going to therapy for life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my that God. That is crazy. Isn't that the most bizarre story? It's going to save that for weird news, but it's even beyond weird news. <laughs> that is crazy. Just... That's just creepy. <laughs> there, you can start your Monday with that. <laughs> We're supposed to be the Good News Network here, Jordan. <laughs> I'm sorry I couldn't resist. You guys are torturing me with snakes all the time. It's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Speaking of torture, they're having some bad weather over in Mongolia oh, for no, the Mongol really? Turkey. So let's get Devin on the on the horn. Let's get Devin Horn on the horn uh, to give her update on the Mongol Derby. Welcome back, Devin. Hey, welcome, Glenn. <laughs> welcome to day seven. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been, uh, they're more than halfway. Matter of fact, they should, the front runners should be finishing, what, the next day or two? Uh, long two to, long maybe two days and probably closer to three with three. the pace that they're they're running right now. So. I, I think the leaders are at station 20 of 29 or 30, right? Yes. Okay. So that's at least two more days of riding for sure. Well, they've been having lovely sunny weather I've been reading. Um. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it just it um it really makes me laugh to imagine because the the Mongol Derby keeps updating when people try to put their rain gear on while they're riding and how that's going for them. Um, and, oh, cool! Mountain ponies love it when you throw like giant plastic bags all over yourself as you're in a dead gallop. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, my my horses here won't tolerate it, so I can't imagine <laughs> thinking to yourself, "Man, I'm just gonna whip my rain jacket out real quick and and 
get this done. Uh, They were describing the weather, and it sounds like the mornings have been pretty good, but then the afternoons, the rains come. Sounds like Florida, actually. Um, Yeah. And apparently, this was the quote, and I love the way they write, the lightning shows have been pretty spectacular. Well, yeah, if you're in a truck following along, not so spectacular if you're riding a pony across an open field. It's just... Yeah, so the part of the course right now is just south of the um, the capital of Ulaanbaatar, which is pretty mountainous. They're kind of seeing some varied terrain where, you know, the the precipitation is sort of being trapped in the rain shadow of those mountains. So they're getting two o'clock rain showers. They're getting, you know, difficult terrain. They're getting more rocks that they have to slow down for. The past couple days of racing have been really, really interesting to watch. All right, tell us about it. So, you know... With the mountains comes more navigational decisions. And now that the front pack is sort of riding by themselves, everybody gets to sort of decide their own route. And some people are taking lots of navigational risks that are paying off or not. Some people are playing it very safe. It's just so interesting to watch. Um, And our front runners right now, Judith and... Judith Jekyll and Linda Herman. Exactly, Linda. Which, by Um, the way, Judith has been leading since day one, since the start. And she has been making some navigational decisions that have had me and a couple other veterans going, what the heck is happening? Um, <laughs> she's taking a lot of risks. I don't know if they're ne- they're necessarily planned, but they're certainly paying off for her. Um, she's she's definitely not afraid to go out of her way to miss mountains. And it's it's really paying off for her. And Linda Herman's right up there with her. Now, we haven't talked much about her. From what I read, she's never even owned a horse. She's a horse person and has ridden a lot of horses, but she's never owned her own horse. I don't know what country she's from either, to be honest. She's Swedish. Swedish. So she's actually uh, Team Sweden. Um, And to my knowledge, I don't think that anyone from Sweden has ever won the Derby, but she's definitely a contender. Uh, looking at just her photos and her facial expressions, it just seems like she's a really tough sucker. Um, <laughs> and she's just out there uh, living her best life. So <laughs> There's been a lot of people that have been uh, bounced back to the hospital and then are now riding in the adventure category, which means they're not, they can ride to finish the race, but they're not competing for a place. Um, and there's been a variety of that. I mean, from heat stroke uh, to falling off and breaking digits. Um, to just all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so we started the race with 42 riders. And from my understanding, we now have six people in the non-competitive category and two people who have just completely retired from the race. And like you said, a lot of those are fall injuries. Some of them are dehydration. And I do believe that we're going to start seeing some carry forwards for the back of the pack uh, today and tomorrow. Those guys that are still hanging out. Right. So um, as you may imagine, organizing this race and keeping everyone together and keeping everyone within um, striking distance of vets and medics is a logistical nightmare. Uh, so if you don't make the, the mandatory minimum mileage, they will actually just throw you in a van and carry you forward on the course. Now, that will throw you into the adventure category, but you're still allowed to keep riding. So you get still get the finish. You still have to get to oh, have the adventure. You're not in for the prize money at the end, though. <laughs> no, no. Unfortunately, Dang. you do miss out on getting that that tiger beer at the end <laughs> that they give everyone for. I love this sentence. Uh, uh, This rider, after being assessed and released from the SOS clinic, uh, she was cleared by doctors to come back in the field and ride in the blood wagon. I forgot about them calling it the blood wagon. Yes. So the blood wagon is a designated, um, usually it's a Volkswagen wagon, you know, one of those like 10 seaters. And you can follow along. It sort of 
bumps around sort of uh, following the mid pack. And so you can meet people, um, armchair quarterback, their horse selection, just sort of continue to be a part of the race, even if you're not cleared to ride. I myself have been a, uh, a passenger of the blood wagon once in my day. So it's just a cool way to sort of keep yourself involved, even if there's really no safe way to get back on a horse for you. <laughs> well, it does sound like it's more comfortable. That's for sure. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it can be, <laughs> but riding, uh, riding out there with no roads in a Volkswagen wagon, uh, is not the greatest of experiences. <laughs> I think I'd much rather be riding it. So tell me that, you know, they said the lightning shows have been pretty spectacular. What do you do? I mean, you just keep going and hoping you don't get struck. Yeah, it depends. Are you religious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you pretty okay, much. Okay, Jamie, I mean, that's the pull like quote can... of the week right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's only Monday, our first guest. <laughs> we have our <laughs> quote of the week. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, there's no trees. There's no cover to take. There's no shelter. So you just have to keep going through it pretty much. Jeez. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. That would scare the crap out of me. <laughs> I mean, we just covered the story of the lady there in Texas where the snakes fell out of the sky. I mean, you know, and I'm picturing getting hit by lightning in, in Mongolia, you know, of all places. I don't think that Mongolia has very many venomous snakes. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> silver lining, I don't think that that is something they have to worry about. I could be totally wrong. But and I apparently, don't think so. Genghis Khan and all his friends cut down all the trees because there's like no trees either. So. <laughs> Exactly. And I don't think that you're supposed to seek shelter under a tree in a lightning storm anyway. Mm. So even if there were trees, I don't think that's what you're supposed to do. I'll have to I'll have to look that up and make sure that I'm right on that. Jamie's but, just um, adding this to her list of reasons why she will never do anything adventurous like this. She's just you know what? <laughs> I'm just glad there's people like Devin in this world. <laughs> Well, there are, uh, Jamie, you, you made the comment that you're not maybe that adventurous uh, last time we spoke on Friday, but there are a ton of people, you know, in the mid-pack right now who are just having a blast and having a bunch of really good stories. And you can find all of those on the Mongol Derby Facebook page, as well as the Mongol Derby Twitter page that's now X or something. Um, they're covering and giving you sort of flavor stories for everyone in the, in the mid-pack who are having these really awesome experiences with the native Mongolian people. I saw that they were helping build a gear a couple days ago. Um, somebody gifted Micah a cucumber. I, I'm really confused about that story. Um, but, but he's been carrying it around with him like a torch. Uh, and it's pretty funny. So there's a lot of really just average people out there having the time of their life. Is Eric in charge of the social media? He is, yes. It's a it's sort of split between him and Candy. But yeah, most of the time it's, it's Eric updating. Eric? And for long-time listeners, you've heard Eric. He's been on our show a hundred times, and he—you can tell he's in charge of the social media. <laughs> it has his, he definitely has his a sense very of humor. Voice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just be before we go any further, I just want to give everybody out there listening some information. Um, there are eight common types of snakes found in Mongolia, including the Haley's Pit Viper, which is a venomous snake found across Mongolia, um, and also the Adder, which is the Vipera baris. It's a viper living in Mongolia. Now, here's the cool thing. They only live on, like, plains and mountains and slopes and plateaus. They're only found there, so it should be fine. <laughs> you know, I never want to need a snake that has a viper in its name. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was 
I will issue a retraction. I was wrong. You are going to get struck by lightning and a snake is going to fall on you. I'm so sorry. Only in Texas do snakes fall out of the sky on people mowing their lawn. That only happens in Texas. <laughs> oh, man. Like, knock wood. That's not something I've had to deal with yet, but, you know. <laughs> so it does look like there's four or five that are, me, five or six maybe, that are still in contention. Not anything can happen, obviously, but um, but it, it would be amazing if this year, after the change in the rule, like you said on Friday, where they don't get to pick their horses and they're just assigned horses, if Judith could lead from, from start to finish. That'd be amazing. That would be really amazing. Um, I'll tell you who I'm watching for the next couple of uh, days is Team Pakistan. They have actually averaged more stations per day than any other team that I've been watching. And that's because they've been using teamwork to great effect. They've been sort of making sure their changeovers are really nice and tight. Uh, They've been, you know, using their time really wisely. And they've been averaging really like about four stations a day. So if they keep that up, they could catch the leaders who are who are going a little bit slower um, overall. So. It's it's really anyone's game still. Are they, they and there appears to be what three or four of them? I've seen group pictures of them. Yes, they were separated yesterday by a vet penalty. They decided to split up two and two. Um, but the the lead two and the rear two, I think neither of them are out of contention. Another cu- interesting fun story I saw was uh, the vets over there, and and they tend to highlight this because the vets do do good work over there. Obviously, the vets are there for the horses that are being ridden, but in between times, Jamie, the because, the, you know, Mongolia is very rural, and they have very little access to veterinary care, the vets will help uh, all of the families with their other animals as well, with horses, oh, with goats, awesome. with sheep. While they're there doing nothing, waiting for riders, they will, they will help all the animals. And did you see that happen when you were there? Yeah, absolutely. And intrepid medics, the people who are... are um providing healthcare to the riders as they need it. They also bring dedicated supplies that they source through donations and offer the same um, care to the hurting families. So just like veterinary, yeah. So just like veterinarians are hard to come by, so are doctor visits and they're able to to help out a lot of people through their charity. That's really cool. That's yeah. Yeah. I love that story. All right. We're going to end on that happy note and then uh, we'll check in with you again on Wednesday and see where we're at. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we should have a winner or close to a winner by then. All right. Thanks, Devin. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. Cosequin ASU joint and hoof pellets contain quality ingredients to support joint and hoof health and leave out the fillers, molasses and alfalfa, all while delivering the taste horses love. The color of our ingredients shine through for a difference you can see. Visit CosequinEquine.com. Coming up next is Sarah Booth. Sarah Booth is a communications director and a certified therapeutic riding instructor at the Shea Center, and that's in San Juan Capistrano. Sarah, thanks for joining us from one of the most beautiful places on earth. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So you were riding a couple of years ago, right? That's correct. Tell us who you were riding and what happened that day. Sure. I was riding a warm blood named Chaco, and I was doing exercising runs with him on a trail behind the Shea Center where I work, and it's an equine facility for people with disabilities. And in that trail run or ride, um, we took a bird strike, and that obviously spooked him. And I dismounted quickly to assess the situation to see if he was hurt, and he was in flight mode and took off. Um, So I had to go find him. And when I found him, he was off a ledge 
trapped in concrete and rebar that had been old um, flooring for something that had been there years past. And he was about 10 feet down an embankment Hmm. and he was wedged um, by his flanks and he was dorsal on his back. Hmm. Yeah. Um, So I jumped down, I take off his bridle and his girth. Obviously the saddle was pinned underneath him. I didn't think it looked good for Chaco and I immediately called 911. And two young equestrians heard me because they were playing with their dogs in the creek. We have to cross a creek to get onto the city trails to ride. And they came up to assist me. I threw them my phone and told them to call various people. Fire department showed up and so did some um, veterinarians from a local stable. And they had um, some fellow equestrians too. So it's kind of a community effort, but the firefighters dug him out. And when I dug him out, I realized he wasn't in his, as impaled that I thought he was on the, maybe the rebarb and the, the jagged rocks. Yeah, I was picturing this rebar through his whole body. Oh, it was just a horrible scene. And if you go look at the images, they're on social media, both the Shea Centers and um, the OCFA. You, you'll you be able to see how dramatic it was. Um, anyhow, but they dug him out and I saw that he was not, you know, he was bleeding a little bit from his flanks, but no punctures. And then they, um, the veterinarians had enough medication to sedate him. And they airlifted him out and landed him. And then they checked him. And he walked out on his own accord once he came to. Oh, my gosh. It's It was extraordinary. It took a village. And it was, I, I'll tell you what, when I started it, I just was hoping that the vets would get there to euthanize him as soon as possible so he wasn't suffering. But it ended with him, you know, a small miracle, walking out of the park on his own to a hauler that took him to the animal hospital that observed him for two days and shipped him back to us, said, he's fine, there's nothing wrong with him. And this was, what, a couple years ago? This was July 5th, 2021. Okay, and after that, because of Chaco, you you or you with in coordination with with f- the fire rescue people started a right. training program on rescuing horses. Because when we do hear about horses going off a ledge, a lot of times it's in California, <laughs> right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I guess so. <laughs> um, yeah, what happened was I was so so happy and so grateful for what the Orange County Fire Authority did for me and for Chaco that I had, along with the Shea Center, hosted a a party for them, a rescue reunion is what we called it. The vets, the two girls that assisted us, and the firefighters all came to this. The mayor was there. We made it a big event just to thank him. And during that, they walked through the stables. We told them a little bit more about what we do. And they told us that they practice these kind of rescues, but that they only use a mannequin horse. And they really just use the harness that they have to lift animals, large animals, cows, horses out of troubling situations. They couldn't use that harness situation. They had to use webbing for Chaco's case because he was in such a weird place and he was pinned. But um, they were great problem solvers and figured that out, obviously. So as we discussed this, I said, well, your firefighters don't have any horse experience. There's tons of equestrian communities in this area. Do you think it would be beneficial if we supplemented that training? And they were all for it. So we created the first ever um, technical rescue large animal training with equines between a partnership between the OCFA and the Shea Center. 
And it was so successful that we we're doing it every year now. Wow, that's really cool. And it is scary. You know, as we know, non-horse people, a lot of them are terrified of horses just because they don't understand, right? They're big and they're scary. Right. Exactly. Um, and that's got to be true for firefighters and rescue people, too. Yes. Um, a bunch of them, the first time they came through, you could see that, you know, these are professional people and they're not afraid of much. But you could see they weren't sure what to do. So after the courses, they said it's one of the best courses they've ever been to that really helped them with their with their ability to serve and um, be comfortable with the horses. And, you know, obviously they, they had a formed a bond and they felt much better about their jobs and being able to perform them. We, we have a lot of success stories. And actually a couple of weeks ago, there was another horse rescue where the Chase Center assisted the fire authority. Again, it wasn't one of our horses, but we assisted and they landed the horse in our open arena and um, he had fallen off a trail and they, the firefighters that were there had attended our training and said it was so helpful. And even um, three weeks ago, there was a firefighter that talked to us and we posted the story is he helped a woman in Casper's Wilderness Ranch with her horse that had gone down. And he ended up walking that horse house, but he said he was able to build trust because he knew all the terms to use, like the halter, the lead rope. And I never even thought about that aspect of it, but he helped the um, owner of that horse feel comfortable so he could lead the horse and she could get on her phone and call for some other help and assistance. Look hmm. at this. You're the perfect example of a woman who you had a, a trauma happen and you came out of it not as a victim. You came out of it as a, like empowered, like, how can I help other people and use my experience? And girl, you just got some stuff done. That's awesome. Well, thank you for that. It feels really good to be able to help others because I know how I felt when I was in that situation. So so let's, let's say, imagine one of our listeners is in, and this is a situation that we all hope we don't get in and, and probably very few of us will get in, but when you do, it sucks. So, (laughs) so what everyday rider out there and you, you fall off a cliff, let's say it's not far, you know, not a hundred feet. That's a different story, but (laughs) you know, your horse, you're down there, your horse might be upside down. You just might be stuck on a ledge down a hill. What do you do? What, what, what is, what does a first obviously try and call for help, but how do you keep your horse calm in that situation too? Well, yeah, that's a great question. And I'm so glad you asked it because I'm still, I feel so grateful to Chaco because he did trust me. And that was the point before anybody got there. I was there with him for 15 minutes by myself. So I tried to make him as comfortable as possible by first removing the equipment that I could that was on him. And then I just stroked him and I talked to him and he, he, you know, he could have killed me. I had my helmet on, I kept it on and I was at his belly and he could have kicked me, but he didn't. He did remain calm. And um, it was extraordinary because I was expecting him to be flailing, but he listened. And I think what the, the lesson is, is horses will reflect back to you what you're feeling. And I think the fact that I remained calmed and thought that I'd be able to get him some help, no matter what that help was. I think that really translated and he was able to, to go with me on that. And it's this is a horse perfect, I've been riding for years. Yeah. So it's he a knew perfect me. example. Yeah. Of horses synchronize their adrenaline. And so if you kept yours low, he's going to keep his low. But how many of those horse people have we seen that just like, Oh my God, you know, and then the horse gets like totally upset. It's just like, calm down, calm down. That calm happens down. every time a horse <laughs> runs away at a show, uh, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> Everybody's yeah. screaming, run away horse, and then the horse is running faster. <laughs> like, well, yeah. you know, as fellow horse people, I've, I've been riding since I was five years old. I, I've seen a lot, and I know it's best to remain calm and think. 
the other thing is I work for an organization that puts people with disabilities on horses. So we are very safety minded. We're very thoughtful. So I think all this training really helped. I'm sure it did. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's going to help. Plus, very few of us get in that situation, and you did have training for it. So uh, it was in a different way, but it was still the same training. Uh, they just published the paper on the study um, that we we talked about a while ago, but they just published the paper. And it, what it was showing was that horses, they're proving that horses can discriminate between uh, vocal expressions of sadness and joy. Right. Yeah. So and it's the same thing here. Right. If you're upset, they're going to be upset. And that, what they showed was the heart rate went up, uh, you know, at, even with uh, sadness, their heart rate went down with joy. Their heart rate went up with fear. I'm sure it was a whole different level. Right. Yeah. So so Chaco, let's talk about Chaco went back to the therapeutic center and did more with it. Right. <laughs> yeah. He was rescued and he started rescuing others as he'd done in the past. So. He was part of our adaptive writing program for um, kids and adults. He was part of our military program, which is one of our fastest growing programs. And he helped soldiers, former soldiers with PTSD. Um, and he's also what we call a schoolmaster. And you know what that is, yep. but he helped others learn how to ride and our staff learn how to lunge and do the things we need to do to keep our horses happy. Did he ever go back on a trail with a cliff again? He went back on the small trails, but we didn't take him out into the big trails. No. <laughs> <laughs> if I was Chaco, I'd say, trails. hell no, I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it's really wasn't because of uh, that he couldn't. It was just we didn't want to push fate. <laughs> and, and so many people loved him that we just wanted to keep him where we could keep an eye on him, not have to do the bigger hills. <laughs> Having been attacked by a turkey once when riding in the Smoky oh Mountains, I get, the, I get exactly how he felt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, he was he was awesome. He he got right back into the program. He it's a spectacular resilience that horses have, you know, and it it teaches you a lot. Well, now I'm going to post a picture of Chaco had a retirement party. Tell us about that. Ah, uh, yeah. So Chaco, he's a 22 year old horse, and he started to develop cataracts. And since he had such a nice five year tenure with us, and um, we thought he deserved his retirement and there was a wonderful place in Fallbrook, just uh, a little South of us that two of our, took two of our other retirees. And so we decided to send him off to Fallbrook and we had a little party to send him off. And some of the, um, clients showed up, obviously the staff was there and the, um, Orange County fire 30 firefighters showed up as well, especially Aww. grateful to captain Danny Goodwin for, bringing his crew and his truck down. And it was just really a fun day and a celebration to thank everybody again for, you know, the community effort that made this, as you mentioned, something that was uh, tragic, a triumph. That's really cool. Well, good for him. He gets to retire and eat grass the rest of his life. Yeah, I actually took him down to his retirement. He's very happy. They give us reports and they post about it too. <laughs> <laughs> so San Juan Capistrano, that's a huge horsey area, right? Very much so. Rich history of um, an equestrian activity. It's got the riding park. It's got, a, you know, the cowboy culture and the ranch culture. You know, the whole place used to be a ranch. Is it mostly Western or is there some English or both? Oh, no, it's a mix of everything. And I'm actually a member of the San Juan Equestrian Coalition. And that's where we, uh, it's a nonprofit that keeps the equestrian vibe alive and well in the area. Very cool. Well, where can people find out more about what you do and, and your website and stuff? Sure. It's shaycenter.org. And that is 
H-E-A-C-E-N-T-E-R.org. Well, thank you for joining us today and telling us the story of this amazing horse. We really appreciate it. And thank you for doing the good work you're doing to help save other horses and people. You, you bet. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Especially with performance horses, flies can really be a nuisance. Fly predators are a great investment of all the different poisons and insecticides and different things you could use. I don't know of anything that is more economical and more effective than spalding fly predators. Today, we're sponsored by Purina Animal Nutrition with three research-backed ration balancers to fill nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. Enrich Plus delivers a concentrated source of proteins, vitamins, and minerals without unnecessary calories. Enrich Plus Senior features ActiveAge prebiotic technology and Outlast supplement for aging easy keepers. Omega Match is rich in omega-3 fatty acids and vitamin E, great for horses without access to green grass find a ration balancer for your horse at purinamills.com slash ration balancers or visit your local feed store it's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems this ought to be good man i got two today I'm going to fill you in your with two. First world problems. And, and one just came to me as I looked out the window right here <laughs> at the horses. Okay. So um, equestrian first world problems. Uh, if you have a problem and it's horse related, it is a first world problem because that's the way we live. And uh, these are all submitted by our friends and our listeners that are auditors. And if you want to become an auditor, how do they do that, Glenn? Just go to horseradionetwork.com or horsesinthemorning.com and click on the auditor banner right there on the homepage. Okay, well, we'll start with mine first. And and the, the, the one that I just noticed right out the window is, so I have, you know, Fat Bill, Fat Billy, the paint that came to me. And Fat Billy, uh, well, he, he lives in a muzzle, or he's supposed to. And my grass is really, really tall right now. And so he and the Andalusian are wearing muzzles. And I use the Green Guard muzzles because they're the best. And you, they can't get them off. You can't get them off, Glenn. They're not supposed <laughs> to be getting them off. I'm not kidding you. I just bought an extra. I bought a new one because I'm like, I'm going to get the, have like the raspberry pink ones at this horse is going to wear fat bill is going to get a raspberry pink muzzle because I can see it. But the problem is green guard made cause their name is green guard. They made green muzzles and I was <laughs> on board right when the company started and I bought all these stupid green muzzles. And I can't find them in the tall grass. So <laughs> I just bought a pink Your one. Your mower will find them. The bush hog will find them. The problem is, yeah, they're going to hay it, and I'm going to chop it up into a million pieces when they go to cut the dang hay because I, I, I can't find it. I have driven. I even had to. Lucas had a friend spend the night, and I was like, all right, five bucks to the person who spots it. I put him in the back of the ranger, and they stood up on the back, and I drove around the freaking pasture like at least six times and I'm smashing down the hay. It's supposed to be hay. Cause of course fat bill got out into the hay field and lost the muzzle. And now he's lost two. I just looked out and he's not wearing it again. So now there's two muzzles out in my pasture somewhere here. So here's the first world problem. My horses are too fat. Uh, my grass is too tall and my muzzle is green. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> It's going to be a real world problem when it ends up in a round bale. 
Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm like, they're going to be eating. I'll find it in February when they eat around this big plastic square that's out there. And they're not They like my Andalusian has never taken his off. Knock on wood, because they don't come off. And he's got the halter with like the front straps and the side straps and all the straps. And but what he does is, he, of course, because he's fat, sweaty Bill, he's super itchy. So he like rubs his face and his body all along the trees, trees that are out of the pasture. And then just like, oh, <laughs> I'm losing my mind with this horse. <laughs> That's why my pony's in a dry lot, I'm not wearing the muzzle. <laughs> yeah, don't have dry lots, Glenn. Don't have dry lots. <laughs> you need I, one of those. <laughs> well, he's been in the arena for the last three or four days, and I was like, I found, I got, got a new muzzle, put it on him, and I just looked outside, and he's not wearing it. <laughs> it's been an hour. <laughs> okay. I can relate. Uh, I relate to that problem. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm d- nails. That's how he's gonna. I'm gonna attach it next. Yeah, time. staples. Nails. Just staple it on. Just staple it yep. on. Uh, Flossie said. I okay, now we don't encourage that. Just in case anybody's thinking that. No, that's idea. not real. No, We're not really doing that. <laughs> I feel like we shouldn't have to say that. Super glue, maybe, but not nails. Um, Flossie says I found these really amazing grain-free vanilla cupcake horse treats, and they smell so good that I want to eat them myself. And she should have ended there. But she didn't. Oh. <laughs> so, except when you taste it, if you taste them, they don't taste anything like they smell. Plus, that indicates you're eating horse cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer tries all the, the if they say that they are all natural at when we'd go to Wisanita, she would try them. I like everyone if they said they were natural, and I don't think they ever taste quite like the advertising. No, but horses eat grass, and yeah. I'm not going to eat that, so yeah, it's cool. That's true. Um, Margaret says, Hey, kind of chewy for people too. So yeah, it's kind of balls up on your gut. <laughs> uh, Margaret says, I keep losing the right-handed glove. So now I have a collection of left-handed gloves and I can't even mix and match. And she posted a picture. One, two, three, four, five left-handed gloves. <laughs> How do you do that? You need to start losing the other hand. I know. Stop taking off the Although, right one later. The first. other day we had to move something that was really gross, and I opened the truck, and all I could find was two left-handed gloves. I couldn't find the right. Did you put anywhere. one on upside down? I no, I didn't actually. I didn't do that. I moved. I it think with it's because we we take that one off first if you're right-handed because you need to swipe your phone, and then you put it like on your lap, and then you stand up because you forget about it, and then you lose that one. So it's always the right one. And this was okay. in Jennifer's messy truck, so it's probably in there somewhere. Oh, well, it's in there. It's just a look. <laughs> um, Anna says, I tried a new bit for my gelding, and he went so much better in it. But now I need to buy it, and it's Mylar, and they're so expensive. <laughs> they are expensive. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Hillary says, organizing my traveling tack trunk and finally found my wraparound neck fan. The one that would have been great. In July, when we had a heat wave. <laughs> the problem is you didn't organize your tack trunk because it was too dang hot to be doing anything that you'd have to do. So I get it. Uh, Carrie says, I got a fancy Haas grooming kit for my horses. And it includes a special combination of brushes for each coat color. Except, except black and bay use the same set. But I have two horses. And one is black and one is bay. So do I need to get two sets? <laughs> She already knows the answer to that. <laughs> I mean, come on. Why are you asking? Yeah. If you wanted a certain answer, you'd ask your husband. If you want a different answer, you'd ask us. <laughs> I, say, I always say people go to advice 
to the people that they are going to tell them what they want to hear. Oh, of course. Yeah, that's uh-huh. true. Yeah. Uh, Jenny says, I bought a I new I think they quit me- therapists for the same reason. Yeah. That therapist, the therapist didn't tell me what I like. I'm going to go to a different one. It's like totally a jerk because they won't let me do math. <laughs> uh, Jenny says, I bought a new to me truck three weeks ago. Yay. And I still can't figure out how to connect my phone so I can listen to HRN and my Bluetooth. <laughs> you know, all trucks, especially new ones, come with a book. Yeah, you know, they that. don't they don't come with books anymore. I just specifically asked for the one for my car because they just do it all online now. Everything oh, is online. Get I'm the like, book? I don't want to stare at my phone I'm while I'm trying to connect my phone. New trucks cost seventy thousand dollars and they're not giving me a twenty dollar book. I want a dang phone book in my I want <laughs> yeah, I want to know right. everything. <laughs> I no, mean, I had geez. to specifically ask for my they were like, We don't carry those and I was like, Well, you're gonna carry one because I'm not buying the car for that one. You know, we're you know so yours Look was a brand this. new car and there was no book. There was no book, but they did find one for me. <laughs> it's amazing how that happened. It's amazing. <laughs> but they didn't come with floor mats. And I'm like, I need some floor mats. They're like, well, this one comes with a cargo net. I'm like, that's like a $12 stuffed animal net that I could buy on Amazon. <laughs> it's funny you? what they do think. Uh, it's funny what they do think that uh, uh, the va- valuable stuff to throw in is. And well, it's always jokes like, on them. I just got a coupon in the mail for accessories that's 25% off. So it's like it's free, Glenn, <laughs> and I'm buying them. Um, Adrian says, I don't think, I think there's more markup on auto accessories than there is on horse accessories. Oh my God. And then I go on Amazon. I'm like, I can just find something that's appropriate on Amazon. And like, I, I, nothing is, they, they match it exactly specific. So like each button is in the right place. So it's like pointless to buy mats that don't fit. I have to buy the expensive ones. I'll tell you what we can't live without. Now we don't have a kid, so you probably can't do this, but we cannot live without the pet hammocks that go in the back seat. You know what I'm talking about? Do uh, you have pets that you put in your car? No, but when you put the pet hammock in, anything you put on the seat won't fall off the seat. So when you do groceries and stuff like that, it holds it on the seat because it stops the p- stuff from falling off the seat. That's way fancier than the <sighs> um, bed sheet that I put on. <laughs> <laughs> it's so nice. We put the pet hammock back there. We leave it back there. Now, we don't have people riding in our back seat, but anything you throw back there will not fall on the floor. It's That's so a good nice. idea. That's a good idea. Dang it. I don't like telling you you have good ideas. <laughs> It's it's wonderful with groceries because, you know, they always fall out of the bags and all that stuff and they're on the floor. Don't have to worry about that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, fine. I'll look it up. (laughs) Um, Adrian says, and she's done this one before, but didn't hear it. And so submitted it again because it actually happened again. Um, So here you go, Adrian. I feel like you should have learned. Wait a minute. Let's wait one more week and see if it happens a third time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're not going to cover this one. Um... (laughs) My husband and I were getting the barn ready for the horses and it started pouring down rain as soon as we were done. Yay. So we ran to the house frantically, of course, and I had a glass of wine with me and I didn't spill a drop, but now it's all watered down because it rained in the glass. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the second time? This is the second time this happened. See, we could have uh, waited. There would have been a third time on this one, I have a feeling. Well, here's what I would like for the third time is I will give you a dollar if you will video, somebody will video you run and try to keep water out of your wine glass as you're running in the pouring rain drinking wine because I just, that's just, I just love it. I love that vision, the visual. <laughs> um, Kim says this, no, Kim, uh, Glenn, 
keep your mouth shut, okay? Okay. What I'm about to say, right, you don't quiet. get to say right. a dang thing right. about. Because right, I now. am with Kim on this one. My credit card had a fraud alert. And you know when that happens, you have to like call the bank and they have to go through all the purchases with you and all this stuff. She says, so my, my credit card had a fraud alert. So now my husband knows exactly how much money my next horse show costs. <laughs> And as we know, that ain't cheap. <laughs> I told you, you keep your mouth Well, shit. I just said it wasn't cheap. It's free, okay? Clearly. And it, well, I'm sure I didn't say it wasn't it, worth it. I just said it was It was not cheap. Do you know what probably happened? He's, he's like, oh, wow. That's all? That's great. Yes. You should do this more often. You only spent $1,000 <laughs> to win that ribbon this weekend. It was worth it. <laughs> Allison says, my pony's insulin levels were high, and the vet told me to soak his hay. So now I have to get dressed to go soak hay before I have my morning coffee, and I just want to sit and drink coffee. <laughs> Why do we even own horses? I know I say that every week, but. Linda says, I finally found the perfect saddle. Notice I ignored you on that one. And no, I finally found the perfect saddle for my new guy and for me. It fits both so well, and the leather is lovely. It's my first ever brand new saddle. But after years of Wintex, now I have to learn how to like pamper the new baby and like wait for its first boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> and clean it on a regular basis. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Uh, Nicole says, I work in elementary education, and the summer of riding is officially over. Oh, I guess school is starting everywhere, isn't it? Yes, it is. Lucas goes back on the 6th, 15th or 16th, so his is a little later. Most of the schools are starting this week. Arizona it's, started last week. It's so weird, because I grew up in Pennsylvania, where school did not start till after Labor Day. Yeah, Labor Day to yeah. Memorial Day. Yeah. yeah, it did not start till the day after Labor Day. Labor Day. Well, back in back in our day, <laughs> <laughs> did you start uh, after Labor Day in Georgia? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. See, I mean, the reason ours didn't start sooner than that was there was no air conditioning in our school in Pennsylvania. Exactly. You'd and die. that's the thing is they would say that you're going to start later because it costs less to run the AC, and it doesn't make any sense that now Arizona starts on like the second every year, which is crazy. Um, yeah, we didn't even have air conditioning. There were no air conditioning in the school. You opened the windows, the ones that opened. <laughs> now, the last one, and I always say uh, my favorite for last uh, sometimes, if I remember. Uh, Katya says, my <laughs> my foals' doo-doo balls are too small and fall through the cracks of the poop fork, so cleaning this doll takes forever. <laughs> you, need a, you need a new fork. <laughs> uh. The doo-doo balls. <laughs> that, right, that is a name we haven't heard for that. Uh, My yeah. doo-doo balls are too small. <laughs> all right. We're going to be here. I have a little bit I want to talk to you about in the post show. So auditors, hang on. But I do have a quote to end today's show. I saw this right before we started. Whatever you do today, do it with the confidence of a four-year-old in a Batman t-shirt. Heck yeah, brother. Faded or gelled. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. All right, so we, we usually talk uh, TV at least once a week, so I have to talk TV a little bit. First of all, 
Only Murders in the Building Season 3 starts tomorrow. Oh, how exciting for you. You used to watch that, didn't you? I got through like one or two. I, you know, honestly, Steve Martin just doesn't really do it. Neither does Martin Shore. They just don't we do totally it for me. We totally are totally different. That's why I've avoided watching Ted Lasso, because I know I'll hate it. And then oh. I'll have to come on here and tell you how I hate it. Uh, you so. will not hate Ted Lasso. How dare you utter <laughs> That's why words. I haven't. I cannot believe you didn't like it. All you podcast fans out there, the Sears podcast fans, have to like Only Murders. I didn't even building. really get to their podcast part. Because oh, that's it, the part that really made that show was their podcasting. <laughs> so that's the part. I'm so excited. We will right. watch that probably in one sitting. There'll be 10 episodes we'll watch in one sitting. All right, I'll try. I'll try again. Did you watch Good Omens when the first season came out? That was years ago. I've never even heard of that. No? David Tennant was in it. Uh, Michael Sheen. John Hamm. Uh, no, but Benedict Cumberbatch was in it. All uh, those people are in it? Yeah. I haven't heard of it? So Good Omens came out in 2019, and they finally had season two came out. Um I don't know if you'd like it or not, uh, but is it season- scary? No, it's not scary. This is not scary. It's a com- it's comedy. It's comedy. Okay. Uh, uh, it's basically you know we have a demon and we have an angel on Earth, uh, and they're they're kind of competing against each other, but in a funny way. Okay, uh, so it it's Good Omens. It's on. Oh, I forget which network it's on. <laughs> it's like too many networks. Um. Well, you can look it up. I don't. I don't well, remember. I just got rid of Peacock, is. so hopefully it's not on that. No, I can't remember what it's on. Uh, <laughs> Good Omens Network. Let's do that. Find out which. It's like Hulu or one of those. Uh, Amazon Prime. So it's you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Apparently, that's okay. I wrote that down. We only so murders. we binged the the second season was like six or seven episodes, and we binged. I mean, we watched it all in two days. So it's and I like David Tennant anyway. Uh, so you're, I, he had, he did a great podcast during COVID and then he quit. He had a great podcast where he was talking to all these really famous actors he's worked with and he's funny anyway. Um, but the problem with actor podcasts is they're all like deep dive into their process. Yeah. Well, he didn't, uh, he would talk about the fun, the funny stories because he'd worked with a lot of them, but, uh, that's the reason I kind of liked it, but then he quit. Of course, they all quit after COVID it was over. They all didn't do their podcasts anymore. All right, there, there's my uh, there's my two. Uh, so you only in the mur- murders in the building f- fans. Tomorrow's our day. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and I did not go see Barbie over the weekend. Just... Oh, I'm so surprised. <laughs> only everybody else in the world did. <laughs> it's almost a billion dollars. It had over a billion now. Is it? Yeah. Oh my god! Who would have thought? I would have thought because I watched the pre the pre if you watch any of the previews or like this is going to be a smash. Yeah, but I'm sure they didn't even think that it would be this big. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. So you know, but, there's going to be a Barbie 16, and you know, by the time we're done, do you think they'll do more, or are they just going to? Oh, I don't know. Mattel just made a fortune. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine how many Barbies they're selling again? Because it's kind of dying out a little bit. I mean, they still sold a lot of Barbies. But it, it's kinda... Barbie merch is a real thing now. Yeah. It's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're making more money selling Barbies right now than they are the movie. They even made, so there's Weird Barbie in the movie Barbie, and it's Kate McKinnon, who is hilarious anyway, and they just started selling Weird Barbie. Look, Barbie sales since movie. Let's see what it says. It has to be crazy. 
Uh, it's just talking about topping a billion at the box office. Let's see. Every second. Oh, my God. This is I don't know if this because of the movie or not. Every second, two Barbies are sold somewhere in the world. <laughs> Barbie doll sales are booming online as the blockbuster film barrels towards one billion at the box office. OK, so movie um, it's, it's on track. I don't know how recent this was. I'm going to go to eBay and search Barbie. <laughs> oh, good idea. Good idea. Because you know, the classic Barbies must be going for a fortune right now. Barbie sales are up 56%. I bet they are. Because they got adults buying as well as for kids now. Here's $89. Um, Barbie movie collectible. Oh, inline skating Barbie, $159. Uh, oh, that, I've been looking for that one. <laughs> Here's the uh, a Western Barbie. Ooh. $124. Uh, Margot I Robbie would... Barbie inline skating. Oh, they all have Margot Robbie in the title, even though they have nothing to do with her. And that, that's funny. Talk I want the Barbie Margot. horse. Here's again. $499. Oh, it's the wardrobe closet collector series from Mattel. $500. I want the Barbie dream horse again. Let me look that one up and see if I can find it. Barbie. It was a bit. I just Googled it and they were like showing these little Palominos. No, this was a big Palomino. Oh my God, the Barbie Dream houses go for a fortune. Oh yeah, I never got to have one of those. They were too expensive. <laughs> Barbie Dream Horse, 17. Oh, here's one in the box. Voice activated Barbie Dream Horse. Were they voice activated? No, I not when I was young. This one's $170, $100, $77. Here it is, a vintage 1991. No, I was before. That's not. How is 91 vintage? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Voice activated and touch activated. Why does that sound dirty? Um, $165 for that one. There's a lot of cheaper 19... ones that are out of the box and look like they've been played with <laughs> a lot. Again, it comes back to if you haven't played with your Barbie, you can get good money for it now. It's still in the box if you've Who never played with it. Who didn't play with their Barbie? Oh, these okay. people, apparently. I just Googled 1980s Barbie because that's really the only Barbie thing I had because I was kind of like put off when you couldn't put her on the horse. Oh, she didn't go on legs, the horse? Her legs no, didn't her spread? Her legs don't spread. <laughs> <laughs> Again, a statement that <laughs> <laughs> it's my biggest problem with Barbie is I couldn't get her to like spread her legs. Jennifer hated Barbie. She, the thought of the Barbie movie just repels her, repulses her. Okay, so Dallas, the uh, Mattel Dallas Barbie. It was a Palomino horse. That's the one that I had. Okay, it was yeah, and. <laughs> And I'm I'm looking on Etsy. They're out of the box though, and they're like super played with, and they're selling for like thirty two dollars. So Dallas, yeah, these are pretty cheap. I just looked at forty five, fourteen, fourteen. Looks like Dallas Barbie's not very popular. Just a Palomino looks like new. I'm on the new in box one. Uh there's one here. Uh, let me see. Oh, only like psh, only like fifty bucks. Yeah, fifty bucks. That's the way it looks. Give me two. I need friends. I love the Western saddle on this uh, Dallas 1980 Mattel. Is that uh, the one where the girth attaches to around the belly like a bucking strap? Yes. And then the the, <laughs> the stirrups come all the way to the ground. 
The stirrups are literally touching the ground. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Oh, you have to have some long legs to ride that one. Why are we talking about this? Why are we talking about Dallas of Army Dream Horse? (laughs) How did we get here? I'll tell you what. I promise that I will watch it after it comes out in video. And uh, I will give my opinion after it comes out in video, knowing nothing about Barbie my entire life. Remember, I had all the brothers, so there were no Barbies uh, in our lives at all. So I, and I had no kids, so I had no Barbie references at all. So I can watch the movie and not have any past references like all you did. So we'll see what I think, uh, but I'm not paying money to do it. Nor am I sitting in the theater, although I do have a pink shirt I could wear. <laughs> I could wear a pink shirt. The movie's not for you. Let me just tell you. Don't waste your money. And Jennifer's not going to like it either. Oh, no. She hated Barbie. And one of the reasons she hated Barbie, she just came in and said, one of the reasons I hated Barbie, she couldn't get on the horse. That's what I said. I just wanted the horse. (laughs) And it was Western, too. And I was like, I write English. You'd think Barbie would have had an English she looked more they, English than Western. <laughs> well, they do have, they, they did have like, um, almost like Fox Hunter looking Barbie, equestrian oh, Barbie, okay. but that came later. Mm. Not when I was a kid. It was like Dallas, the Barbie dream horse and, uh, Barbie dressed up like fucking what's her name? Uh, uh, Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's why we look when we go to the barn, Glenn. Yes, all the writers look like that. (laughs) Well, anyway, that's all the TV reports I had. Did you have anything? No, I'm good. No? You didn't have anything new? Man, my mom's coming on Friday. You'll love this. It's post-show. So, You sure she doesn't listen to this? Oh, (laughs) that's hilarious. If she did, she'd forget it in five seconds because we're dealing with all the things that come along with age related memory issues. And, uh, so I'm dealing I guess with that too. So yeah, it, the yours in your brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, so we're dealing with a bunch and I mean, I love this show because it takes me away from all that shit that I have to go through. And, uh, so she's coming on Friday. My brother's going to fly with her. So I'm flying them both out, which does cost me money. It's not free for my friends to fly it's only free for me but i'm paying for their flights my brother is that is rent true a car. i've asked jamie before if i could use her free flights. <laughs> she said no. yeah no that's not how that works <laughs> um yes but i can have like people on like a, a list but i still have to pay it's just discounted rates but i'm still paying to have two people fly halfway across the country and then back so anyway i was like you bring mom out I'll pay for the flights and then you get a rental car and drive up because they're flying into Dallas. Cool. So my mom doesn't talk. She doesn't like to talk to me. She doesn't. Why I don't tell her. visit you. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I, she's coming to visit me because somebody's got to figure out how to manage her existence because mm. it's unsustainable the way that it is. And her husband mm. is like not real helpful. I and just went through that. Yeah. And it's not, there's nothing good about the situation, but my sister-in-law is a geriatric doctor. Surprisingly enough, that's what she does. So I, the last time I met her, I I put them together. She made my mom do a bunch of tests. And my mom was so mad at me, apparently that she didn't talk to me for three months, which when you're in your late seventies, that's a long time to not talk to somebody. So anyway, 
I've got them situated to where she's going to meet again, but they're, she had my mom for being memory impaired is, has all these stipulations, uh, about her visit. I'm going to do this and I'm going to meet with the doctor. If this happens and I'm not going to do any tests and nobody's allowed to be there, blah, blah, blah. It's just all these stipulations. I'm like, fine. I talked to my sister-in-law. She's like, fine, we can handle that. No problem. So I'm bringing in a, a physician to my house to meet with my mother so we can discuss and figure out ways to manage her life. Mm. So that's a big deal. Like, and this is not the first time. This is the second time. And by the way, my aunt called me and was like, well, I'm just going to start doing something since you live thousands of miles away and you're not doing anything about it. And I'm like, bitch, please. Like, let me disrespect you right now because who do you think you're talking to? You have no idea what's going on. Anyway, so my mom's coming. My brother's bringing her. I'm paying for all the flights. I've got a physician set up in home who's going to come over and examine her. And my brother calls me and he's like, all right. So mom wants to bring her dog. And I On was the plane? Like, yeah. And I was like, excuse me? Yeah, she wants to bring her dog. Oh, that's going to go uh, well. <laughs> it's a little Yorkie, and it's oh, no. like probably like six, eight months old. It and I guarantee you. Why do grandparents or parents always have dogs that bark nonstop? She loves, love, she's always had Yorkies, and it's like tiny, and she. I'm sure it's not potty trained. And I'm. we don't, the dogs, aside from Homer, the dogs don't come in the house. They have a mudroom and a fenced-in yard, and that's where they're in the garage. And they live out there, and they're happy to be out there. And I was like, Josh, she can't bring the dog. Well, can't you just like let her carry it on? I'm like, that costs more money. I'm like, that's. Do they charge about- you for that? Yeah. So it's 150, I think, oh, one wow. way to put it in a carry on. And you have to get all the paperwork done, all this stuff. And so I'm like, I'm so not if spending you had a choice, another the kid screaming the entire flight or the dog barking the entire flight, which you pick. Uh, I can put a headphones. So I don't give a shit about it either. <laughs> Okay. I don't care. But anyway, so apparently my mom has stipulated that she will only come if she can bring her dog. Oh, and I'm no. like, she can't bring her dog. Uh, she can't bring her dog. Five dogs. And I was like, and she's not going to be okay with it not being in the house. Well, you call her because she says, and I was like, I am really fucking tired of being made to feel like I'm doing everybody a favor. I just don't understand. Him, but I just, ah. So. He's like, well, you call her. I'm not doing it. So I called my mom and I was like, hey, how's it going? You know, and I'm real sweet when I talk to her because, again, it doesn't matter because things I say, she's not going to remember after, you know, an hour anyway, 20 minutes, maybe sometimes two minutes, sometimes 30 seconds. So I'm like, mom, I just want to talk to you about bringing the dog. Yeah, I'm going to bring the dog. I don't have anybody to take care of her. I'm like, mom, Justin lives right down the street, my other brother, and you have a husband who also, well, they're not going to take care of her like I take care of her. <laughs> there you go. Um, that might that might be true, but you can't bring the dog. Well, I really want to bring the dog. You can't bring the dog because I have five dogs, and it's going to cost me. And, and yours I'm is lunch be, size. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, it's it's a it's like two fifty round trip, but you're not doing a round trip flight. You're doing two individual flights because there's no determined date for her to go home. So I'm like, it's five hundred dollars that I have to pay for you to bring your dog. Well. That sounds like a lot. Yeah, that's a lot, mom. That's a lot. That's a lot of money that I I can't. I don't understand why I can't just bring her on like a service dog. And I was like, yeah, those dogs are licensed. Yeah, yeah. You can't. 
and they she check goes, that now. They don't. They don't fool around a, with that anymore. Yeah, I said, can I just get it a vest that says um, no? <laughs> no, you can't. You can't do that. Nobody's gonna believe a six month old Yorkie puppy is like. Oh, it's six a, months old. Yes. Oh, it will bark the whole time. <laughs> so anyway, I think I've got that. It fire is lunch size. Out. Homer could eat that for lunch. <laughs> Uh-huh. And I was like, Mom, it's not going to be happy sleeping in a crate in the mudroom with five dogs that it doesn't know. It's just, it, that's not, and it's going to stay outside. Well, it's not fair high. to a six-month-old dog to do that. No, it's a terrible idea. All of this is a terrible idea. Anyway, so I'm the bad guy, and I'm the one you who's meanie. making my mother come out here, making her meet with a physician to try to improve her existence and her life, whatever. But you know what? I'm not doing shit. And I'm a mean person who's doing all that. Anyway, you know, so this is what I'm going to have looking forward to this we, weekend. We all have that at some point. We just went through that. And we're going to have to go through it again here, too. And yeah. and we're the mean ones. You're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yet. It, yet what? It's It has to happen because it's beneficial for them. They just don't know it. And we'll never accept it in a lot of cases. Just, I just, yeah, it's, it's just like. It's just all, all, all encompassing, and it just like pushes on your heart, you know, constantly, yep. and just so difficult. And I'm with you, and so, so like she went and got an MRI because I was like, you need to have an MRI before I'll let you get on an airplane. I want you to stroke out like at thirty five thousand feet. So she gets it, goes to get an MRI, which I'm the main one for making her do that. So she goes to the doctor, and she won't let anybody go with her. She gets the MRI. The the according to her, the doctor, uh, the person who took the MRI, looked at it and said everything looks great. It's just a sign of aging. You're fine, and she left. Mm. And I was like, that's not how that works, mom. The the technician is not going to read your MRI moments <laughs> after it was taken. No, you have and to wait two you weeks. All clear. <laughs> I was like, that's not how that works. And she was like, well, that's what they said. I'm all good. And I, so I was like, send me the MRI. So they, my, my stepdad, I get him to get the doctor to send me the MRI. And they send me the MRI. And I send up my sister-in-law. And she's like, um, it says here right on the report. And it's very visible that she has had a stroke. And she's got dementia and possibly Alzheimer's. Which I will know unless I get to do a fucking test on her. Which she won't let her do. <clears throat> but it doesn't matter. I just need her to like to not. She has driven places, Glenn, and she she was home one night, and my stepdad got a call from the police. He didn't even know she was in the house because she was asleep. And the police called and said, um, "We just ran the plates on this car that's down here, and it, she apparently drove somewhere, got out of the car, went into wherever it was, came out, and then needed a ride home. Left her car with the door open and the car running." Oh. And so, yeah, like, and this is like, this is just, that's one of the many. I they license. No. They didn't? No. There's no way she needs to drive. It's crazy. Apparently, she drove down the road with the door open. My cousin was there. Like, she's driving with the door open. Like, I'm like, none of this is okay. And my brother who lives down there, I'm just venting now. My my brother is like the biggest enabler. He's like, she's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. The only um, way like, these things work well is if all the kids are on the same team. Exactly. And that's why I'm flying to my other brother because uh, my twin brother also hates me and won't talk to me. So I don't know why everybody in my family hates me. Probably because I don't. Because you're the responsible one and that's the person that always gets hated. 
I guess. I, I mean, I, I say responsible. I think I'm just the, the honest, I'm the kind of blatant Well, doesn't that one? go together? Yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> like, like, I still own the home in that my other brother lives in. Like, it's in my name. Like, it's a problem. There's a thing here, like, and I, that's why I moved away. You know, <laughs> I was like, I need to get the money out of you here, know, Atlanta. What I learned when I was in the estate planning business is there is not a family in this world that's not fucked up. They're all fucked up. That is a really I, good point. I did not meet one that was not screwed up in some way or another. There's always something. And you think, you know, you look at other people and you go, well, they have the most perfect family. Look at them getting together, for, you know, 12 times a year. But you don't know what's going on there. I mean, you, yeah. you don't know. And every, when I, But I did know because I was doing the financial planning and also dealing with them after they died. Uh, yeah. And then you really see what's happening. <laughs> You see then what's screwed up. <laughs> That's so true. So true. It's just, it's, I mean, it's not like I can afford an in-home caregiver. You know, I just, we just need to start to manage things. And she's 78. And, and they don't I, want to. I mean, yeah, I, I probably want to be in denial too when, it, when that happens to me. You know, I get that. You know, I also get her side. Uh, doesn't help. Plus, she's not of right mind at this point. So she's... No. You know, she's, as you said, she makes a decision and then 10 minutes later, she makes the same decision again. And that's tough. That's, yeah. Alzheimer's is just tough all the way yeah. around. It's it just, is. That's one of the suckiest. Because it's your problem now. And, you know, it's it's everybody's problem. And it well, just is hard. <laughs> I'll leave you with this. Yes. If they're... On Friday, is a goddamn Yorkie barking in the background. <laughs> Y'all know I lost this battle. <laughs> Remind me to get Yorkie sound effects ready. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. See y'all. You feel better now that you've been it? You feel okay? No, it's just it's only the beginning. <laughs> Congratulations. You made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. Now, go ride your horse.